With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Space of Floor NBA podcast. My name is Connor Flannery, and we're back today for our 110th official episode with Blake Buchanan of 94 Feet Hoops. So, Blake. What's up, guys? RIP Connor Geelan recovering right now. Terrible. I'm bad with the flu. But uh, in his place, of course, we got another special guest today. We're here with Isaiah Mucius. Um, Isaiah, how's it going? Man, it's been great, man. It's been really good. How about how about you? How about you? How about you? Excited that you're on. Uh, living life. Hope Thanksgiving was good with the with the family. Hopefully, uh, I'm not sure how you're traveling with the team, but yeah, yeah. Um, I went home for Thanksgiving. Uh, they gave us a little bit of time off, so got to finally go right. home. I mean, we I haven't been home for Thanksgiving in probably like four or five years. Mm-hmm. And obviously at Wake playing um in a lot of Thanksgiving tournaments, so this was the first time to be back with the family. That was great. You know, now I'm back in D.C. Uh, playing with the Capital City Go-Go, which is the G-League team of the, the Wizards. Uh, it's been a super great start to the season. Just kind of excited for, you know, what's next in the journey for me. Perfect. And uh, Isaiah is a former Wake Forest basketball player, which, of course, is another Blake Buchanan connection, um, much like Dallas Walton and, and hopefully some some future guests that we'll have on. But – Isaiah was a starter at Wake for pretty much three years, for the better part of his sophomore year and then all of his junior and senior year. You're a high flyer with some highlight dunks, windmills, uh, between the legs, 360s, all of it. But you also shot 36% from three on 2.1 attempts in your senior year. Averaged 10.3 points per game, which was which was your highest season, highest for any season during your junior year. Um, but tell us a little about some uh, maybe your career highlight or your best memory from your time at Wake. Man, I would probably have to say my two – I'll probably say two. So my two favorite highlights from Wake, definitely our first win against Duke at home, double OT. Um, I had hit, I had to hit two free throws to seal the game. Um, so that was really big after, you know, everybody was at the quad, rolling the quad, and Danny Mandan out there, you know, doing his speech, which was, which was fun. Um, and then my, my next favorite highlight would probably be my 27 ball at uh, – at, at UNC during COVID. Like, that was kind of like my first um, introduction to me becoming a shooter, really. Um, like I, I, had, I had the ability to really shoot the ball before, but I think from there on is where, like, I kind of really could see me, you know, making that progression as someone who can shoot the basketball at 6'8 and being able to space the floor for a lot of people. And then, you know, going into that next year, my senior year, it kind of really worked perfectly having someone like Alondis Williams on the ball being able to pass, you know, at his size and being able to make plays. You know, I was one of his, like, primary targets in terms of him throwing the ball to the corners. Um, if you look at most of his highlights, I was the one who was shooting those and, and, and getting those and getting him his assists. So, um, yeah, those are probably my two favorite highlights, definitely from from the season playing at Wake. You know, it was a great, you know, four years over there for sure. Um, you talk about playing with Alondis, and one thing that came to mind, which even though I wasn't there for it, is that game winner against Charlotte where oh, yeah. he came off hit you in the corner for a buzzer beater. What was – was that, like, a close number three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close number three for sure. I totally forgot about that, which is crazy. <laughs> but that was definitely close number three. Like, 
man, that shot was was big because I it was funny because we go into the huddle, um, and it's like I think ten seconds left on the clock, and coach draws up the play, and I just told man, man, like if I'm open to throw it, like we're gonna go home and win this game. But I already knew <laughs> if I got the ball in this possession, like I was gonna make the shot. I told myself if I get it, I'm making it, and I already told coach and man, man, like listen, like get downhill and go make a play. If you go up for a layup, I'm gonna try to offense rebound it. But if you see an opening, you can throw it, just throw it. So he threw it to me, and then, you know, the rest is history. He hit that shot, you know, probably one of the biggest shots of my career for sure. Um, and that kind of really put me that stable for being a shooter and, and going through that year for sure. I love that. That's that's like a trash talk calling your shot story that you'll read about in some basketball books. That's <laughs> sick. But, uh, no, and that, and that I would encourage everybody to go check out Isaiah's Instagram. I was just looking at it, and, and that video I'm pretty sure is is pinned on there. It's a mm-hmm. you know, coming up, Alanda's coming off of the ball screen, pick and roll, Help from the weak side leaves you wide open in the corner. Clearly a mistake from Charlotte. The rest is history. Um, yeah. But tell us a little bit also about, about how did you end up at Wake Forest? Um, coming out of upstate yeah. New York, how did you find your way there? Yeah, so um, my sophomore year of high school, I was playing at uh, St. James School, which is located in Hagerstown, Maryland, uh, the middle of nowhere. Um, but Basketball program was really good. I mean, we had played a really high schedule, played against Mount Bird, Sunrise Christian Academy, uh, played against a lot of schools. So at that point, Coach Randolph Childress was coming to the gym, you know, a couple times during the year. Um, and we kind of just built a connection. Uh, Coach Manning obviously started talking to me. And I think, you know, just for me, you know, that that relationship that they built for me, checking in on me, they also checked in on my parents and my, my little brother, who he's 17 at the, now, playing at McDuffie, who's going to be he's going to be a stud. Um, but they had built that relationship for me. And I think that right there was something that I really took to heart because I think for me, like relationships are everything for me. And Blake can tell you like a lot of the people who I'm really close with, like I had really, really strong relationships with like, and it's something that for me during the recruiting process, I wanted to make sure like whatever school I went to was going to feel as family oriented as possible. Like with the coaches, the school fit, like everything that came with what Wake Forest had brought at the time was, was super family. Like they just cared about, me as a person rather than just a basketball player. And I think that stood out for them in something where, you know, I was just like, you know, they're, they're caring so much about me off the court, like that, you know, we really have conversations about basketball. And that really was like the the no brainer for me to make that, make the decision. And then after that, I mean, you know, the rest of history, played my four years and, and had a really good time over here. I guess I, talking about your younger brother, since you brought him up, um, I know there's a there's sort of a trend throughout throughout basketball of like you look for the younger brothers because those are the ones who get kind of dogged by their older brothers when they're growing up turns them into like gritty great prospects as they get older that was Michael Jordan and and that came up when Evan Mobley for example was in the was sort of like being scouted during the draft and he went of course second overall Alex Saar yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Alex Tarr. Yeah, <laughs> Alex is gonna be this off the topic. I yeah. was, I was playing so three months prior to being here, um, which is which was a crazy opportunity that I got to. So one of my old, one of my trainers, who's been my trainer since I've been, I I don't even remember since I've been, you know, walking. Um, he actually trains at Overtime Elite, so I got the chance to go down there and work out with him for for uh, during the summer. And while I was working out there, coach came up to me and was just like, hey, like, we have nine guys who are eligible for the draft next year. And we're taking them overseas for two weeks to play in Spain and play in Serbia for kind of like a little foreign tour. Obviously, at Wake, every single summer, 
something happened and we never got to go on our foreign tour. So I never got the experience yeah. of foreign tour in college. Everybody else has got the experience of foreign tour except me. So I'm like, yo, this is great. So they're like, hey, listen, you have nothing going on. Like, I would love for you to come with us. You, It would be a great exposure for you. And, you know, kind of getting your name, you know, on the overseas, but also like back on the NBA radar because the draft had kind of ended and everybody was kind of with their teams. So I was like, cool, like, I'm definitely with this. And obviously Alex is at OTE. So I'm seeing Alex every day. You know, Olivier ended up coming coming down like midway through our training camp that we had. And when I tell you, Alex, like, I love Olivier. Olivier is my best friend. Like, we were roommates. But Alex is going to, like, dog him for the rest of his life <laughs> at the Boca Like, it, it, like I love O. O knows that I love him. But Alex's bag is just different. Like, I'm talking about step backs. Like, one-legged shum shots. Like, I'm talking about hook shots. Like, to the basket, off the dribble. Like, he got it all. He's continuing to, like, progress and make that, like, jump year after year. And I'm talking about I seen Alex where he couldn't even, like, walk. Walk and chew gum. Yeah, and chew gum at the same time. And now, like, seeing that progression from him and, and, like, seeing him and Olivier, like, you know, make those jumps and continue to get better, like, as a, as a friend and as someone who, you know, always wants to see my guys eat. Like, it's been a great just to be able to see those guys, you know, really be able to take their games to the next level. And, and it's always motivation for me, too, to continue to work hard and, and make that progress in my game, too. Yeah, Appreciate I, the shout-out for Alex and, and former guest, Olivier. Sorry, that's sweet. Yeah, and I didn't mean to take it away from – I know where Connor's going that initial question because you yeah. got a pretty talented younger brother in your own household. Like, tell us more about Miles. Man, I mean – Miles is going to be a stud. I mean, right now he's at McDuffie, 6'6", combo guard, sh- jumps out the gym, shoot the ball, defends at a high level. Um, he's going to really start to get on the radar for a lot of college coaches now, I think. Um, in his earlier years, he really didn't – he was on so good of teams that he never really got the opportunity to be that guy who could really, you know, show his talents. He's always had flashes and an ability to do that, but I think now – at a school where the coach is really allowing him to be kind of the leader and the head honcho of it and, and having the surrounding guys at the school, I think he's really going to take off and it'll, it'll be a, a name that you're going to really hear, you know, through the high school, you know, high school articles and all that stuff coming into the season in the summer. And I think he's a, he's a uh, junior now. So, you know, this summer is really the, obviously junior year summer is really the biggest summer for a lot of people, especially when it's in the basketball world. So, you know, going from now until leading up to the summer, I think he's going to, he's going to do a really good this year. That's awesome. And and he's lucky to have you, obviously, as an older brother to look up to, to model his game after. I'm curious, um, as you made your way through college and now into your first league in the G first year in the G League, um, who's been somebody that you've looked up you've looked up to, watched game film of? Who's somebody that you model your game after? Yeah, so I would probably say as of recently in the past couple like three months or so. Um, the two people that I really, really watch a lot is Jeremy Grant and, and Mikel Bridges, two guys who, mm. like, really, really, really long athletic. I think Jeremy Grant, especially for me right now, his first year with um, the Nuggets, like, he was an important piece, especially in the bubble. Like, him being able to cut, defend at a high level, knock down open shots, and giving, like, Jokic another, uh, another kind of, like uh, – weapon for him to be able to pass and and make plays like that was huge and just now especially being in the G League and understanding the NBA game being able to move without the ball and being able to cut and and play defense on the other side of the ball is really huge because at the end of the day when you go into the league like they have guys like the Wizards have Bradley Beal you know guys have John Morant they have these guys in the NBA who 
you know, their guys, they're going to, they get paid to take 30 shots a game. So when I am, am going and, and showing these NBA guys what I can do, I say, all right, I can cut without the ball. I don't need the ball to score. I can defend. I can hit open shots and, and ease off the pressure off the guys who you pay to make, to take on these shots. So, you know, those are guys who I've really been watching and it's the way that they cut, the way that they defend. Um, just how they, they approach the game is is definitely two guys where I've really, really, you know, been super detailed in my film about for sure. I mean, that's a great goal. As a, as a Nuggets fan, I was hurt when he left. That oh, I know. He's, yeah. killing it. He's, he's killing it with the Blazers now. I just saw something yesterday where they're looking at him for like a max deal. And, I mean, that just shows you what you can do when you invest and be a pro in your role, whatever that role is. Yeah, because, like, you can – I mean, he went from Denver being kind of a role player and, and being excellent in his role there to going to Portland and being more on the ball. And seeing the progression from there until now is just like – if you just take time to invest in whatever role that you feel like you can do in the NBA and, and wherever I – what team you are, like, that doesn't mean that, like, wherever you're at is going to be your, the, the, the last point of your game. There's always a time to, to make that progression and, and build those levels of your game. But you have to start somewhere. A lot – I think – especially for me earlier in my Wake Forest career and then kind of going into the back end, like I wanted to be someone who could do all these things rather than trying to take that step back of like, okay, let me build all this foundation and, and what two things I could do really well. And then after that, make that progression on top. And now I'm kind of not quote unquote restarting, but now being a three and D dude has been something that I've been hanging my hat on, you know, from, you know, the end of Wake until now. And, and now just continuing to progress in my game. And it's, it's been a really fun journey of just getting better. I love those two names you threw out there. And another one who kind of took Jeremy Grant's place next to Jokic in the front court is Aaron Gordon. And I think that um, I've put together some some edits for of him. And I think that he's somebody that doesn't get enough love by general NBA fandom and, and people who are looking to improve their own games. Like he's somebody that moves really well without the basketball can hit the three, can do a little bit with the ball in his hands, plays good defense. So I really like those kind of Jeremy Grant, Aaron Gordon uh, molds that you're talking about. That's it. Those are those are good picks. Sure. I love that. Mm. I think it's it's a fun question to ask because I think that there's you can always learn from your peers. So especially as you're mm -hmm. as you're entering the league, it's it's intriguing to hear that you're still you're still picking apart this game film and learning from those guys. So I like that. Um, but let's move over to to now that you're playing for the G League for the Capital City Go-Go, um, which, as you mentioned, is the G League affiliate of the Wizards. Um, you're on the team with a couple of former Duke guys. Of course, I'm a Duke student, so I've got a soft spot for Vernon Carey and Theo John. Um, you're also on the team with former fifth overall pick Chris Dunn. Um, but tell us a little bit about what your experience so far has been like. What's your preparation on game days? Give us a little bit of a, a sort of peek into, into what your routine is. Yeah, I mean, it's been amazing and competitive. You know, you got guys like Chris Dunn who have been in the league, right? You know, he's he's kind of like my vet. So having those conversations with him every day about what the league looks like, you know, him and seeing how he approaches the game every day, um, those are important, right? I mean, we practice in the Wizards facility as well. So, like, seeing guys like Bradley Beal and seeing all these guys and how they prepare every single day just allows me to soak in all this information and apply it into my own life, you know? Like, I think – the biggest thing that I've really learned, especially like going through this, is like routine and everything. It's literally like in order to be consistent in this game, like having a really solid routine that you really fall back on every day allows you to keep that consistency of like of your game. If your routine's out of whack, like it's going to show on the court every time. And for me, every time I don't see that progress, I say, okay, let me fall back on what my routine looks like. Like, am I, is something not really working? 
So, you know, being with those guys and having guys like Chris Dunn on the team has, has been a really, really great blessing for me because, you know, some guys go into, go into the G League and they don't have that, you know, that guy or that vet who's been through it before and, and is able to give, like, those those feedback and give you those little pointers, you know, when it's going. But, you know, my game day, really, I kind of wake up in the morning, read this book that I've been uh, – kind of get a little chapter in or something like that. Get, I usually get to the gym probably like two hours early and I do my shooting routine, which I've been doing ever ever since I uh, I had got hurt at Wake uh, going to my senior year. I do the same shooting routine every single day, even on off day. So do that shooting routine, uh, get a little bit of treatment, whether it's a little massage or something, get a Norman Tech boots, and then kind of get ready for pre, uh, pre, uh, pre-game practice, uh, pre-game shoot around, and then kind of get ready for the game. So it's simple, but it's kind of really consistent, trying to make sure everything is, is lined up. Um, making sure I'm taking care of my body, doing what I got to do to prepare for the game and, and, and ready for my, my numbers call. That's great. And and clearly your uh, your shooting routine has been working. You talked about that as being one of your biggest improvements while you're at Wake. So stick with it. See if it works. Um, so sure. You got a book recommendation for, for the players out there who are – Yeah, game? hold up. I actually got this new one that my coach actually gave me. It's called – he literally just gave it to me yesterday. It's called Discipline to Destiny. Um, I don't know if y'all can see it, but Discipline and Destiny, I just got it yesterday. Um, I'm about to crack into it, actually, right after we get on this call, off this call. So, you know, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a, um, of a little in-depth review after I read a couple chapters and see how it is. But um, I think it's a, it's a really great, really great, I mean, just kind of reading the forward and everything, it just seems like a really great book for uh, people who um, are looking for, like, a little bit of consistency. It really talks about this, the greats and like how they became disciplined and what they do. Um, and just, you know, figuring out how to stay consistent and stay disciplined in, in whatever path you're in, whether it's athletics, whether it's film, whether it's entertainment, like the book kind of speaks to anybody in any different type of light. And, you know, and, and it talks about all the greats and how they do it. So I think it'll be really good for me and just figuring out how to continue to stay disciplined in times where, you know, it might not be going well for you. You might not be getting the minutes you want. You might not be getting the results you want through the work that you're doing and figuring out how to really stay disciplined in, in your craft and, and making sure that you come out on top in the end. And kind of shifting back over to the G League play, like give us a player or a story the way you did at Wake of either a moment that you've had that's been that's that stood out or a moment that you've sort of had a, a, kind of what people will call like a welcome to the NBA moment. Um, where the where you'll see where you'll see somebody have a nice play or even a move on you and be like, oh shit, I'm at the next level. This isn't this isn't college <laughs> yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. So the crazy thing, the craziest thing that I seen was like, well, two things. We score in like the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and twenties like every night. Like I'm <laughs> looking up at the score and it's like, damn, it's 120. But like this is like normal in the G because it's such a fast paced game. There's mm-hmm. more possessions. You know, everybody on the on the court can really get a bucket. So, you know, at times it might be like ninety five to ninety in like the second, like in like the beginning of the third. And you're like, what is going on? Um, but I think my crazy welcome to the moment was Quentin Jackson, who played at Texas A and M, who actually beat us in the NIT tournament, which I still to this day hurts my soul. Um, he had cut back door and caught a crazy body. I mean, like. He had got lifted in the air and head was damn near above the rim. The next play down, somebody backdoored again and caught a body like 
crazy too. So I'm like, yo, like this is insane. Like this is just normal that people are catching bodies like every possession, you know, because obviously in college, like not everybody's athletic. You know, you got some guys who are shooters who aren't athletic, some guys who might not are low to the ground. But most of the guys in the NBA are athletic. So, like, you really have to, in terms of, like, when you're playing defense, like, you got to jump. If you don't jump, like, the other guy who has the ball, he's thinking, I'm going to put you in the ring every possession. So, um, that right there was definitely my welcome to the moment, understanding, like, yo, the ath- everybody is athletic and is different. So, you got to really bring your A game and make sure, like, you're taking care of your body so you can play at that high level every night. Wow. That's 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 fun. I like that. It's a good answer. Yeah, there's like there's no one you can let your guard down against for sure. At all. I mean, it, it's crazy. I mean, we we went up to Maine, and I I know you remember the kid from um from Florida State. I think his name is uh not Kulabali. I forgot what his name is. Oh, um, big dude, Captain Gelly. Yes. Yes, so he's the same player oh, okay. from when he was at Florida State, just, like, high energy. Like, he's catching lobs at, like, the highest point, like, blocking shots with two hands. Like, it's just a, a different level. And, like, those are guys, like, that's how it is in the G. Like, you're going to have guys who are just dogs and who are athletically gifted and, and can block shots, like, five times in a row. You're going to have guys who can shoot the lights out of the ball, and, and it just allows – it makes you, as a player – have to really hone in on the details. Like, compare the college to the NBA, and especially in the G, like, all those little things, like, really matter. Like, okay, like, he can drive right hand. He likes driving left, so make sure that you force him right. Sometimes in college, you can, like, oh, okay, he drives left, but he might not be as athletic to get to the rim, so I can cut him off on the first move. But some these guys are super athletic. Like, when he goes left, like, if you let him go left, he's going to get a bucket go left every time. So you have to stop him from going left. So, you know, little details and what watching the film, these guys, I take it super serious every day um, and making sure, like, you know, when it comes time and whenever my time is called to get to the NBA, like, I mentally and physically am ready, you know, for that for that next step. Mm. Mm. And what about when you get back from the games? Um, when it's just you, like, what's your passion off the court? Yeah, so um, at first I was a golfer. Obviously, it's cold in D.C. right now, so I can't golf as much as I want to. And obviously, it's cold out here, too, so I can't fish. So, usually, like, at wake, we would fish, golf, do that stuff. Right now, I've been heavy on the Call of Duty. Warzone 2.0 <laughs> dropped. Um, so, I've been heavy in the Call of Duty playing uh, the game. So, I'm, I'm really on those. Uh, I've been trying to kind of, like, you know, go out. Obviously, the monuments literally in D.C. are, like, a walking distance from my apartment. So, I've been going out there and trying to, you know, explore the city and stuff. Uh, but I've been kind of just trying to figure out what a different passion is. Obviously, I can't play a video game all day. Um, so I've been trying to add some books into there or, or figure out um, different things to kind of add. So if you guys have any recommendations for any off the course stuff that I could dive into or, you know, kind of go into, please send them my way. I've been trying to figure out things to kind of, uh, you know, fill the gap of, you know, when times I'm not on the court and, and working. So. Hey man, being in DC, cause I know like, obviously last year you were in Winston, I was in DC at Mason and then we flip flop back again. Yeah. DC has got some of the most versatile and delicious food in the country, just like from all over the world. Pockets so, hurting. Pockets is hurting right now going out <laughs> eating all the time. It's too it's good. Like, it's literally right. too good out here. 
Like every day yeah. I'm just like, somebody's like, hey, this is a new food spot here. I'm just like, okay, let's go. And then I fall in love with that. And then somebody brings me to another food spot and then I fall in love with that. I'm just like, yo, that got to stop bringing me out. I'm just going to go to all these food spots every day. I got to start cooking in some. Um, but yeah, I've been trying to, you know, go out and dip into some of the food. I went to this brunch spot, which is amazing, uh, a couple of weekends ago with my cousin. So I heard brunch out here is amazing. It, it's, it, it's lived up to its, its hype. So. Yeah, I mean, one thing I know if like you even just follow Zay on social media, like he's a huge family guy. Their family gatherings are pure entertainment. Um, oh yeah, uh, yeah. This past thing. Thanksgiving, uh, it, it felt like I was in a club. I came out, walked out of my <laughs> grandparents' house, full sweat. You know what I'm saying? Couldn't even put my jacket on full sweat. My dad is in full sweat. Mom's full sweat. Like food is gone. And I mean, I'm talking about this is like. My grandparents are in here. My grandfather, 86, dancing. Like, family for me is definitely, like, the biggest thing. Um, when they come to all the games, they've been a, a bunch of weight games, came to some of my Julie games already. So uh, definitely a big family dude. They're, they're definitely everything to me. They're, they're, you know, what's really continued to keep me motivated going through uh, this journey and, and having them, you know, be my backbone has been, you know, a blessing for me uh, and going through everything I've been going through. So it's been it's been great. And, you know, they're love there. I always got my heart for the rest of my life. And obviously you're only four or five games into your G League career right now. Um, but the question we kind of always ask at the end of our episodes to all of our guests is what's your why? What kind of makes Olivier you get out of bed Sarr. in the morning? Um, Olivier Saar, yeah, we talked about him earlier this episode, but is the one that introduced us to this question. Um, but give us a little bit something. You just talked about your family. What is it that inspires you to hoop every day? To, to keep grinding what's your what's your inspiration yeah I mean for me really I think it's my little brother and just people who are coming after me like um I just think every single stepping stone that I take and everything I do in my journey like it's not for me right like it's for you know the little kids who want to have this dream of making it to the G League and going to Wake Forest like you know my brother you know falling behind my footsteps and kind of building that blueprint for him now obviously I have my dreams and aspirations and goals but I just think in terms of my God calling and my calling from God and what he's brought me on this earth to do is just spread as much love and use my journey and, and my story to, you know, motivate others, to, to help them, you know, find a little bit of light in their in their journey and, and, and understand that, hey, listen, like, it might not always be peaches and cream. Like, it might not always be great, but, you know, whatever position that you're in right now, it won't last forever. And, and there's going to be times, you know, where you're going to take those big jumps and see a lot of progress. But there's also going to be times where, you know, it's going to be dark. And, and being able to get through those dark times and making sure that you come out on top, I think that's been my my why, is making sure, like, I wake up every morning knowing that, like, I have to give it my all because somebody else is watching me. Somebody else is looking up to me, and they want to see me win, and, and I want to see them win as well. So that's that's been my why every day, and it's continued to, you know, push me. under and, and the mentality of not thinking – about myself first and making sure that I'm thinking about others and, and my impact on the world and, and the person that I might meet that day and might never meet again um, has been my motivation. And it's been, it's been great. Like it's been amazing. And, and my mindset with everything has just been, you know, amazing to go through. So, you know, I'm, I've been happy, excited, getting better. Um, it's been, it's been fun. Yeah, man. I mean, I know Zay and I literally started that way together. Um, I got a picture of us like on move-in day, first time. I, I, we picked you up on the airport in Greensboro all the way from Durham. Yeah, 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 yeah. Zay and I literally been been at it from the start of our college careers, and his work ethic, his energy is just infectious and contagious. And 
um, I feel blessed that he was sharing it with me for, for so long. I got his friendship and I appreciate Zay, you coming on and sharing it with all the 94 feet and all the space to floor. Yeah, for sure. And I appreciate you guys. You know, it's always a, a blessing to be able to share my story with people and, and, you know, I'm continuing to share my story and my, my journey with people and showing people, Hey, listen, like, everybody's journey is different. It, you know, it, it's slow and steady wins the race. Some people are going to skyrocket through off their first gear. Some people might take a little bit different, but I've always been someone who was just like, hey, whatever my journey is, it is. You know, I just keep chopping at it one day at a time. And it's, it's been great. So appreciate you guys for having me on, on the show for sure. Thanks for coming on. You're obviously a hell of a role model. Where can everybody find you after the episode? Yeah, so you guys can follow me on Instagram uh, at the Isaiah Musius. Uh, Zeke Musius on Twitter. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm usually on both of those for sure. Um, yeah, man, y'all can find me on there. You know, I, I usually post a lot of good content. Uh, you know, I'm usually on there. You know, funny goofing, posting things, supporting my brothers. You know, reposting a lot of the stuff that they do because I think that's super important. Is allowing everybody to see, like you know, the people that you you're closest with, see their journeys and see their you know their successes as well. So you know, I'm always on there posting all my my bros and. I know when they're doing well, making sure that they're, you know, getting the love too. That's perfect. Thank you so much again, Isaiah Mucius, for coming on to this episode. And of course, Blake, for bringing on another good friend of yours. Um, looking forward to more episodes to come and hopefully having Isaiah back on at some point. But thank you so much for listening to this episode of Space the Four NBA podcast. See you next time. Peace. Cool. Bye.